The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. and gentlemen this is the schmo thanks for tuning into the schmo zone podcast my co-host is helen esports pleasure to be here in the flesh only took 11 episodes to get the schmo to start things off well it's quite the honor to have you here but not that i mind having you here but where did uh my podcast partner david schmollinson go he just had a long interview with you and Polly Malazanali, we'll see him later on in this show. Let's talk a little hoop, shall we, Helen? Yeah, I was going to ask you about the jersey you're wearing. You're from Chicago this weekend, April 19th. Michael Jordan documentary finally comes out. Waiting a long time for this. Thank you for moving up. The release date, April 19th, parts one and two come out. The Schmo cannot wait. It only took them, what, 22 years to finally put out this documentary of the Bulls, the best dynasty in sports history. The Chicago Bulls of the 90s. The Schmo was a child, grew up outside there. We love the Bulls. We love Michael Jeffrey Jordan. And speaking of being such a huge fan of Michael Jeffrey Jordan, what are your expectations for this documentary? Big things, only big things. You got 10 episodes. You had a camera crew shadowing Michael Jordan and the Bulls throughout that entire 97-98 season. You're going to see a lot of conflict, a lot of motivation for what drives the GOAT in that team. I mean, they were an old team, one of the oldest in the NBA. No pressure, just do a second repeat. You're going to see some raw, real steel emotion and some Zen Master stuff from Phil Jackson. So we may see some emotion come out of the schmo when you review the show, right? What do you think of the schmo doing some sort of review series, Helen? Is that what you're getting at? Yeah, I mean, something like that. I'm sure the fans would love that because I certainly know how much you love Michael Jeffrey Jordan. I mean, look at this jersey. Turn it around. It's a champion jersey. Now, Helen, you only know real basketball fans. <laughs> if they sport the champion jersey. Champion used to make all the NBA jerseys in the 90s. The best jersey. You got to bring that stuff back. None of this Nike Reebok doing that. Stuff. The champion jerseys where it's at. The Schmo had his Bulls jerseys. We had a Teal Grant Hill jersey. I know a lot of the listeners out there had some champion old school basketball jerseys. Well, I should have wore my LeBron jersey. I actually have it hanging up in the closet. You know, the Schmo almost didn't want to talk to you, Helen, when you once uh, once upon a time told the Schmo that LeBron's the greatest basketball player of all time. So naive of you. Not even close. He's number two. 
Well, after they beat the Warriors after that game seven, which I'm sure you watched as well, I went to cover his after party. It's a fantastic performance, but the last time I checked, Kyrie Irving hit a big shot. He did. And then Ray Allen hit a big shot for him in Miami. He's lost, what, six or seven of these championships, LeBron, and only won three. Michael Jordan, 6-0, and never needed a game seven. Well, stay tuned. Let us know in the comments below if you want to see the Schmo review that Jordan documentary. Be a good time. Uh, reliving the Schmo's childhood quite a bit there. Can't wait for the documentary. Let's do that, Ellen. We're going to do it. Regardless if you want to see it or not, the Schmo's going to do it. We got to keep ourselves entertained. What other sports are on TV these days? And also, on that note of being entertained, you just mentioned earlier, I mean, Polly Malinaji will be on the show a bit later with David Schmolenson. A bit later? Maybe a couple minutes from now. You're right. Yeah, come on, let's be Giving real. Giving them a little tease, right? Yeah, you know, at the Schmo loves being in person with Polly Malinaji, but with the quarantine situation being what it is, I figure we get a bigger bang for the buck and get uh, that guy who you keep bringing up. Yourself and Pauly do a three-ring circus FaceTime or what do they call it? Zoom conference style, yeah. yeah. I'm still kind of learning about all this stuff, too. I still get nervous when I hit record. I'm like, uh, I think we talked about that last episode, or I spoke to David about it. I can assure you the schmo can that it works this time around. Yeah, so we did talk about Dan Raphael. Unfortunately, his departure with ESPN. Yes, you know, the schmo knows that the sports industry inevitably has to adapt over time. And unfortunate circumstances with the COVID-19, unfortunately, Dan Raphael, very, very talented writer, the staple in the boxing business. But in this day and age, nothing lasts forever. And with COVID-19 happening, with the change in coverage happening, to adapting things over time, you know... New things emerge. Wish nothing but the best for Dan Raphael and for the, all writers getting laid off. Every sports media person being laid off. Tough times. But you just got to continue to grind. You got to continue to adapt and be optimistic and be true to who you are. That's how it is. Indeed. And we also spoke about... The boxing landscape, the whole media landscape, like you, Schmo, just mentioned about the sports media landscape after this COVID-19. Yeah, I mean, that's how the Schmo was created in the first place. We had to adapt to something changing. Happy anniversary, the April 12th. Appreciate that. The yeah. April 12th Schmoment. Yes. Anniversary. With good old Uncle Dana White, finally the schmo got to ask a question at the press conference. The rest is history, right? Yes. The schmoment of the schmo was born to everybody. Yes. That's when a lot of people discovered the schmo for the first time. But throughout this year, which, I mean, since then, it seems like obviously you've accomplished so much. I'm sure the fans are interested as well. Besides Dana, who were some of your most memorable interviews this past year? Putting the schmo on the spot right then and there. Well, I, I got to. Hashtag for the fans, right? Yes. Well, if we're going to just stick to combat sports, is that what we're doing here? Because the schmo loves covering his basketball, his baseball, and his football too. All sports, Helen. 
Yeah, all sports, but if you want to go over five, you know, like top six, seven, or what? Gonna be leaving people out here, you know. Top ten. Iron Mike Tyson, Henry Cejudo, Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder. Yes. Don't want to leave anybody out. Bill Walton. Yes. Basically everybody you love. We love everybody. Even Chris Bryant at the very end getting into baseball. We did Jose Canseco sticking to the baseball thing. (sighs) You put the schmo on the spot, Helen. I'm sorry. Well, um, you could put me on the spot now. Name your top ten. No, I mean, maybe about, like, things that, other things I, we spoke to Polly about, me, David, and Polly. Top three pizza restaurants you've ever been to. Well, I did mention that Domino's has saved my life through when I ate that weed brownie so that one put time. Domino's in the top three. Well, because I have to be biased, it kind of saved my life, because when I accidentally ate a weed brownie, it was on accident. Sure it was. No, it really was. I don't do any of that. And like I said in previous episodes, my mom would be pissed. But yeah, someone gave me a cookie. I'll eat. All right, what are your other two then? My other two would be, oh, this is a tough one. Well, Naked City Pizza, because if you haven't tried the Helene pizza, which Schmo, I believe you've tried once, right? The Schmo, Helen. Sorry, the Schmo. But it has French fries on top pepperoni sausage bacon it's freaking good okay i love it yeah. there she answered the question let me just ramble off a few more names for you because you answered the question we'll entertain it for the fans ben Askren, or hey masvidal at the bear bears elementary school or hey masvidal yes that's the important one it was before he fought ben Askren. it was in florida that was a really good one we have to include that how about herb dean Herb Dean, we got to throw him up there. All right, how many is that now? Is that five? 17. 17? Who else is there, Helen? We got to keep naming names. There's so many. And I feel like you- Bill Goldberg, wrestling. We got to throw him GSP. GSP. Uh, And we will say a fun fact. You've interviewed and trained with GSP Way before your April moment as well. Yes, at the Enzo Gracie in New York City in December of 2018, the Schmo trained with GSP and Faraz Sahabi with Tim Tam Power Massager, Tim Tam Modern Recovery for All. We did a little shoot there, and then we recovered together. Did some backflips with GSP, but the uh, the strength is real, ladies and gentlemen. For those who consider GSP the goat. Schmo got to find out firsthand why. Oh, let's not forget, though, Tony Ferguson. Tony Ferguson's on that list. Anderson Silva. Well, actually, he was technically not within that April year. Wasn't that kind of how we first came across each other? Well, or one of the first yes, times. The first time the Schmo and Helen actually hung out, no joke, was after we both interviewed Anderson the Spider Silva and his gym in West Hollywood. Because I was nice enough. You told me, hey, you needed 90 seconds for the interview. And I said, okay. And then you invited yourself over to the Schmo's pad. True story. True or false, but circling back to Polly Malinaji. Because 
He is definitely on that list for the 10, too. I remember. The Schmoes interviews. We had pizza. pizza with him. Yeah, yes. Memorable moment. During, I, during the Amir Khan fight. It was, uh, it, was, it was this time last year. It's about a year ago. Right. 419-420. We were in New York. Yeah. But here's the thing. That pizza, though, wherever we went, that's not one of the tops on my list. Okay, Spamoni Gardens, not on her list. Not on the top three. I mean, I already named you two. And Tom knows because saved my life. Whatever. Joe's Pizza in New York, the Schmo knows is pretty good too. But Chicago Pizza will always have the place in the Schmo's heart. Now that's a good segue. Pequots. Pequots. Now that's a good segue into Pauli Malinaji catching up with that guy. Still doing good. Yeah, doing good. And we also spoke about Artem Lobov. Is there any truth to was he or was he not offered a boxing match against Artem? Yes. And then we found out uh, Clarissa Shields name was also thrown in the mix yeah, for a boxing fight. Very fascinating. And by the way, Paulie's damn good at growing a beard. Yeah. So should we roll that interview? Let's do it. Before we get into this Paulie Malinaji interview, let's hear some words from our sponsors. All right, with this quarantine situation being what it is, there's nothing more paramount than home security. And there's two ways you can go about protecting your home. You can wait weeks for a technician to do a messy install that costs a fortune, or you can get Simply Safe. Simply Safe blankets your home into safety. Outdoor cameras and doorbells alert you to anyone who is approaching. You can have an army of highly trained security experts ready to dispatch police in a moment's notice 24-7. It only costs 50 cents a day with no contracts. They got the entry motion and glass breaking sensors for you. Go to simplysafe.com, S-I-M-P-L-I. S-A-F-E dot com slash team today and you'll get free shipping and a 60-day risk-free trial. You got nothing to lose. Go now and be sure to get your simplysafe.com slash team discount 60-day trial. Do it now. Here you go. We're wishing you nothing but safety and good health during these tragic times. Now's the perfect time to have an impact on your business for years to come. When we're all in quarantine, there's only one place to look for jobs and that person to hire you for that job. And that's at LinkedIn with over 675 million members worldwide. It's no wonder a person is hired every eight seconds with LinkedIn. Find the right person for your business today with LinkedIn Jobs. You can pay what you want and get the first $50 off. Just visit linkedin.com slash team, T-E-A-M, linkedin.com slash team. Go get your $50 off your first job post. Terms and conditions apply. And then there's true classic tease. Let's go tease. It's comfortable. You're lounging. It's quarantine. Style's changing. Formal wear's out. The t-shirt is in. True Classic Tees are the Schmo's favorite to lounge in. This company's based in LA. Great t-shirt company. It's very comfortable, nice, and versatile, easy to wash with the skin. And they're very cheap. 
They're only 15 bucks, but guess what? You'll get them even less by using the B-L-E-A-V, Believe, promo code. Go to trueclassictees.com and use the code B-L-E-A-V at checkout for 20% off. Go to trueclassictees.com, use Believe, and get it done. There it is. All right, cool. How you doing? Good to see you. Good to see you. What's going on? Since uh, the last time we saw you back in Fort Lauderdale, you grew beautiful. Yeah, I can't. I can't get. I can't. I can't get a haircut. I can't get a shave. I can't get nothing. But I mean, actually put a hat on. I look more presentable. Do you notice that David? He's been trying to grow out a mustache. Do you notice? <laughs> a a stash. A mustache. <laughs> Come on, how? I not it. How long have you been growing that? Over a month. <laughs> Come on, dude. You're actually blessed. I hate having the shape so often. You're actually blessed. I'm, I've been growing this a month. Look where I'm at. Quarantine, quarantine's uh, creating the crazy, bringing out the craziness out of all of us. I can't even be the schmo at this time. So the least I could do is you know, some you, Bro, if you're able to grow that, you're going to create a new alter ego. The, the stash. The stash. The stash. <laughs> how, how have you been holding up? Are you in Fort Lauderdale? Yeah, yeah, I'm still in Fort Lauderdale. I, uh, I've been, I don't know when did I see you last? I, I'm here, I'm here since like March 9th, I think March 8th, something like that. So I, I just, uh, I just stayed here. You know, I was, I was there. I was here. In, I was here late January into February, and then I left, and then I came back in early March because I didn't go to Italy, and now I'm just here. I'm, I don't, really think, I, don't really, I don't really think I'm leaving anytime soon. I don't, I don't think this is going to end anytime soon, you know? Yeah, I mean, what have you been doing to keep yourself busy? Watching a lot of movies. Watching a lot of movies. I, I started my I started the, the James Bond, uh, the 007 uh, uh, run, because he's got like, there's like 4,000 007 movies. So I've been going through one, I've been going through one a night with me and my girl. So we've been going through one. We started in the 60s with Sean Connery. And we're going through one movie at a time, one 007 movie at a time. David's been so trying to get me to watch more movies, like the Adam Sandler ones. The- she, she never saw Adam Sandler movies, so I got her on uh, Billy Madison. We still got to go through Happy oh, Gilmore. Those are, yeah, Happy Gilmore is one of my favorite. I mean, Billy Madison is good, but Happy Gilmore, Happy Gilmore is 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 one of my all time faves. Fast <laughs> one next to Big Daddy. Big Daddy is one of yes. my favorites. Big Daddy's, they're, they're all good. I mean, they're they're all. I like. I'm all into all those Adam Sandler movies. But dude, Happy Gilmore takes the cake for me, man. Happy Gilmore, he's he's so up and down. And Happy Gilmore, it's great. It's great. Plus, Carl Weathers is in Happy Gilmore from Rocky. Apollo from Rocky is in Happy Gilmore. Oh, yeah, Carl that's, right. that's Chubbs. Yeah, yeah it's Chubbs. <laughs> he got his hand bit off by the alligator. Yeah. Yep, yep. I can't wait. Oh man. Hey, did you uh, hear the boxing news today? The big boxing news. Uh, longtime ESPN reporter Dan Raphael got uh, fired or terminated. They didn't or, renew his contract, I guess, with yeah. ESPN. He's out. No. Yeah. Are we on, are we, are we, are we, are we on air? Are we on air? Yeah. We're on air. We're on air. What right now? We're on Zoom. Say whatever you want. He's out. Yeah. We're on it. No, no, no. No, come on, dude. Are we? Uh, Come on. Come, on. I'm, come on. You guys, come on. He's out. That, that really happened? It really happened yeah. today. 
Yeah. I mean, listen, I don't, I don't, I don't, I'll say, I don't wish bad, I don't wish bad on anybody, anybody's livelihood. All right. But he probably, he's probably more knowledgeable about other things than boxing. I'll say that, you know, so that was, uh, I'll, I'll put it that way. He was probably more knowledgeable about other things in this world than boxing. And boxing was, I don't think was ever one of his fortes, but I don't think, here's my issue. I don't think ESPN is smart enough to know that Dan Rayfield didn't know a lot about boxing. I think I have a fear that ESPN is just cutting out a boxing reporter in general. Is that is that what's happening? That's what I wanted to pick your brain about because yeah. obviously uh, because I don't because because to hire somebody like that and have them working there that long when they probably weren't the most knowledgeable about boxing. And again, this is not a, a knock on Dan. I just I just never. I, I he rarely made a point that I was like, wow, that's a good point. Rarely, if if even ever, but. But he's a good writer. He knows how to put together an article, and he's a good writer and all that other stuff. Um, but so, I have, therefore, I do think there's probably other strengths he might ha- he might have. The boxing not being one of them. But but if ESPN had a guy like that working there that long, I don't think anybody at ESPN was intelligent enough to to figure it out now after all these years that he didn't know anything about boxing. I, I think I think it's. I have a fear that maybe they're just cutting out some of the boxing budget, you know, and that's kind of not good, you know. Yeah, that's what I was going to pick your brain about because we saw HBO Boxing go astray. I know you do all that work with Showtime, and they've cut back on a lot of boxing. ESPN laying off Dan Raphael. What do you think is uh, the future of the sport is going in terms of media coverage? You can say that for a lot of sports, but let's start with boxing. Yeah, well, I, I think right now probably a lot of people are getting laid off in general. I'll say that. You know, um, Let's see what happens if, if, if things, because it's an if, it's not when, it's if, if things start to pick back up um, if some of these people start getting rehired. Who knows? Maybe ESPN grabbed Dan again, you know? Like I said, I, I don't think Dan's a bad writer. As far as write, being able to write is concerned, I think Dan's actually a good writer. And I, I, actually, I actually think that's a particular skill that probably a lot of boxing reporters don't have. So when it comes to writing about boxing, you know, Dan is sort of in a, in a small class, in a smaller class. Guys who just do reporting and whatnot, it's, it's sort of a bigger field to compete in. But guys who are able to write in write write articles it's it's not uh it's not a lot i mean mike coppinger comes to mind uh steve kim comes to mind um tom grabasi comes to mind although he he went to he went to uh uh, mma mostly uh yeah um hauser comes to mind but he's not like an everyday guy he's more of an investigative reporter um it's not a lot of guys that come to mind you know that that, that can kind of fill that position because you have to be able to be a writer and, you know, understand deadlines, be, uh, deal with an editor. You know, it's, it's a real, it's a real, it's a real writing position. It, 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 although it, I, although for me, it necessitates a, a, a knowledge of boxing. I mean, in my opinion, you, no matter how good of a writer you are, it necessitates a, an oxy, boxing, a boxing knowledge. I think there are guys who may be able to discuss boxing and deal with boxing, but put together an article in a, in a format that is correct and put together a real professional article, I think you narrow down the, the, the field when it comes to that, unfortunately. And so I don't, I don't know, I don't know what happens, honestly. I, I maybe, uh, I don't know what to tell you. I Cause again, I mean, I, I don't remember, I actually don't remember ever hearing Dan make a boxing point and saying, wow, that was a good point. I don't even think, I don't think, I don't ever think that happened once in my life. But but I do think he's a good writer, and I do think that's a hard position to fill. But you did look surprised, though, to hear it that he's you know gone at ESPN. But, but, well, I'm surprised because because like I said, uh, it's a hard position to fill. It's a hard position to fill. 
which makes me start to think maybe they have no intention of filling it, which then is kind of bad for boxing. That's, that's um, where I'm going with this. And I, well, yeah, yeah, and, that, and that's and that's kind of a, a more of a more that's kind of a more scary thing, uh, because again, if you would say, oh well, he doesn't know that much about boxing, and I think a lot of people probably think that. I don't think anybody at ESPN was ever smart enough to figure that out because, because he wouldn't have had the position for as long as he had it if anybody at ESPN was actually intelligent about boxing. Um, so, so I don't think um, – I, I, I'm leaning towards you, Shmo. I got to be honest. I'm, I'm, leaning, uh, I'm leaning toward – am I calling you Shmo or David? I, what am I calling you? I call me whatever you want. It's, it's the quarantine yeah. special. Shmo. <laughs> There's a Shmo. I can still feel like I'm looking at the Shmo. There he is. <laughs> but, um, but I think um, – yeah. I hate to admit it, but I, I think uh, I think it might be a, a position they they may not intend to to fill. I guess in in that regard, I'm hoping that it's probably a position that has been laid off at the moment because they don't know uh, what's going on with the with everybody, you know, losing jobs, less sporting events. So they're probably cutting back on the budget. Maybe this is a, a a position that can be filled later on again, and maybe even by Dan. Who knows? Again, but I, I think right now the whole world is getting laid off. You know, that's the whole problem. Yeah, and this is a conversation that Helen and I have all the time, and we even had this conversation pre-COVID-19 crisis. It's what's going to happen as the media industry has to adapt and change to this digital media age, catering to the younger audience. Uh, not saying that Dan Raphael uh, wasn't didn't lose his job due to the pandemic. It could have been the pandemic. It could have been that pandemic expedited things, but... This industry is changing, and these huge networks, the Showtimes, the HBOs, the ESPNs, they have to adapt or they die. And I think this virus is kind of forcing their hand quicker than they anticipated. But I just think uh, adapting to a new style of coverage and catering to that younger audience, change has to happen over time. And finally, we're seeing that. And unfortunately, the virus, I think, is expediting it. Yeah, well... Well, if that's the case, then okay, it's just a sort of evolution, you know, and then things continue to move along. If, if, if it's evolution, if it's not evolution, if it's something like cutting back on boxing, then of course, it's something a bit more sinister for, for our industry. But yeah. I don't, I don't, I gotta be honest, I don't, I, I'm, I'm kind of baffled. That one took me by surprise. I don't really read boxing news every day. Like, I, I don't really look it up, especially right now. But so, like, I don't know. I was kind of, kind of, that one kind of took me off, caught me off guard. But That's a wild one. Of, speaking of boxing, though, do you think when everything kind of returns back to normalcy, like where do you think the boxing landscape will be like? I just think, my opinion only, I think most people will probably be hesitant. Um, I have my suspicions about whole, the whole COVID nineteen situation and what exactly happened, and I don't, I don't, you know, it's hard to trust the news. It's hard to trust the news, and it's hard to trust government at this point, you know. So, so I don't know, you know, I don't know who to trust and, and what what the deal is. I, my, me personally, I do think it was a, 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 a an attack, like a biological attack. I do think it was on purpose. It was done on purpose, um, and I, I do think that, um, you know, it was kind of really sinister because they they put it on their own people first in order to spread it out to the world, you know? But, uh, but I do think that China loves that everybody can kind of, um, kind of, I wouldn't say bow down to them, but kind of rely on them fully and wholeheartedly. Um, but at the same time, I kind of also think like this, it's kind of become like a whole pharmaceutical thing where they're trying to look for a cure based on a vaccine, an enforced a vaccine, because they're not telling you anything else. You know, there's a lot of things you can do that 
you know, you can, can avoid getting you sick or even if you get sick, you can get over it. You know, there's a lot of things you can pro- probably do. Like, I don't know, like even simple things like keeping tea, honey and, and, and lemon in your house for things that you take for bronchial infections are probably things that are good to have in your house right now, you know, because it's not going to kill everybody that gets it, you know, um, but they're almost like they're almost putting everybody into a, almost pigeonholing everybody into a situation where, you know, big pharma is going to win in the end because you're going to mandate a vaccine. And I don't know that. I mean, I, yes, it's scary. Yes. Um, uh, a guy I knew died over the weekend. A guy, a lot of people knew in boxing died over the weekend. Anthony Cozzi was a, a, a big photographer in sports, uh, especially in New York. So yeah, I mean, it hits you closer to home and you're like, whoa, you know, this is kind of wild, but you know, you started to look at the, the, the entire landscape of the numbers uh, if you're a healthy individual, and granted, most people are not, but if you are a healthy individual, this thing should probably should not kill you. You know what I'm saying? Uh, not to say that we should just let it go run rampant because there's a lot of people that otherwise would be at risk. But I also think if you're not healthy, a lot of other things kill you too. And they're not kind of – when you put the numbers together, I don't know. I don't know if it's adding up. Like I want, here's, what, here's what I'm hearing, and I don't know if it's true, but here's what I heard. It, you know, they're saying every year a certain amount of people die from the flu every year. And this year, those numbers are down. But it's possible that this year, those numbers are down because a lot of the flu people get thrown into the COVID-19 deaths instead, just to ramp up the COVID-19 numbers. We don't know. I don't know for sure. You know, I'd love to know the, the statistics. What's today, April 13th? I'd love to know the statistics from January 1st to April 13th, the year 2017, the year 2018, and the year 2019. How many people died from the flu from January 1st to April 2013? And then, and then compare it to, to 2020. January 1st to April 30th, how many people died from the flu? You know, because the flu was always there and people were always dying from it. And granted, we never took it that seriously. Um, but I, w- I would like to compare those numbers now that there's a new pandemic in there and if the numbers are the same or if they're up or down, you know, because I think that goes, that would probably go, go a long way in being able to, you know, show full based comparisons on what's going on with COVID 19. I, I don't underestimate this disease, you know, but I just, I just think that there's a lot that people are not saying, you know, and, and I, I think there's big corporations, a big government that's behind this that kind of see their own solution as opposed to maybe what the, what the more, more justifiable solution would be. Yeah. Uh, this is what, whatever way you look at it, this is definitely world war three. Everybody's affected yeah. one way or another. And if anything, we got to look at ourselves in the mirror and I think healthcare should be a basic human right. Now, if you have more money, you can pay for better care, but like this becomes a numbers game. It's you can you can only pay for a vaccine. You can only pay for grant, uh, the right healthcare that you need. Makes the situation so tough. And I definitely understand what you're saying, regardless if this was planted, if there's a cover up, if there's more information that we don't know. We have you cannot argue this. We have been warned about this situation for years. Heck, they made movies about it. I think Contagion. It's always coming up on yeah. Netflix, recommending this. They made movies about what a global pandemic would look like for years, and nobody thought that this would happen. It's been in the back of backs of our minds. It's been erased from our minds for some people. But this has been warned about. It's actually here. It's here, luckily, during an age of modern technology where we can be connected through Zoom, through Instagram, through social media. Imagine going through this in, like, 2006. What would the world look like then, Paulie? We'd be on MySpace. <laughs> we just kind of... We complain on... Yeah, we complain on MySpace. <laughs> That's it. That's all we'd have. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, but look, but can we can we do agree though? However, this ends, good or bad, like we will be able to cover from it, right? You, you agree to that? I don't, I don't know, man. I don't know. This has really made me lose a lot of. Not that I ever, not that I ever uh, 
had a whole lot of faith in government, but this is like really making me like probably lose all of, of, of any faith that was remaining in any kind of government, you know? So like everybody, I feel like the government has their own agenda, you know? Uh, both parties still fuss and fight about stupid stuff that has to do with the election when, okay, like the election should be like on a back burner completely. Instead, they're still fussing and looking to position themselves for the election instead. And they're trying to use this in, as a position tool for the election instead, both sides. Just, I don't know. I just, I just feel like there's, there's so much. This has really exposed what humanity, uh, the selfishness of humanity has been, you know, and has always been, I guess. It's just, it's kind of, a, it's kind of sad because you, you, you don't want to kind of live in that kind of world where you're just looking out for yourself and the people close to you only. You feel like everybody should be, you know, looking out for each other in general. But it's, it's kind of, it becomes difficult when it's like this. You know, you go to a supermarket. And nobody, you know, you can't go near anybody and everybody's looking at you like not to come near them too. You know, it's like, it's like a fight could break out at any second because everybody's so on, on high, high alert, even, even walking around the supermarket, you know, um, I was at the drive through at Starbucks yesterday, you know, um, and you know, they're, they're making sure you have a mask on even when you pick up your drive through, you know, like it's, uh, it's, it's everybody's, everybody's in panic. Everybody's in fear. It's a weird way to live. So I don't think that if we get through this because like I said, it's if not when we get through this, that everybody's just going to up and go. I don't think that's going to happen. I think people are still going to be paranoid. I still think there's going to be a lot of people that don't, don't, don't trust what the government is saying, what TV is saying about the fact that maybe it is gone. Maybe it's not gone. I still think people are going to be wearing masks from here on out. I still, I still think people are going to be leery about being close to one another. I don't know how New York would function with the subway. It was I've been in the subway and during rush hour and it's literally you're, you're touching shoulder to shoulder. Um, how do you fill up a subway station anymore at this point? You know, you can't social distance during rush hour in New York City. You can't social distance in rush hour in Tokyo. You know, you can't social distance um, in, in these kind of situations in London, you know, with, with when you have this mass transit like this. How, how does it happen? I mean, even sporting events, I could say that if, if you just put them on TV, you could do it in empty arenas. Yeah, you lose the atmosphere. But hey, you want to watch sports? You can watch it at home. That's it. You know, you can't fill up arenas, but would would fill up fill them up with everybody, everybody in the arena. Yeah. I, th I think it would suck as far as you would, you would have no atmosphere and atmosphere, the atmosphere of sports is part of what makes it fun, but you can continue sports in that way. If, if it comes down to it later on, you know, not right now, but I think every, if everybody decides, okay, we have to get the world moving. We have to get the world going. We can't just drop dead. Okay. So if you're going to bring back sports, bring them back without a gate, you know what? Everybody's gonna have to take a pay cut because the gate obviously is benefiting somebody. So you put them not in, with no gate, but you you put them on TV. You'll get more TV views. Uh, you have an empty arena with a TV crew and 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 the uh, the, the teams or the fighters or whatever sport you're watching. You know, uh, it's a safer way. But you know that's just that. But that's talking later on. That's talking when if everybody decides to get get up and moving again. You know, I still don't think you can just get up and moving in yeah, a normal they, way. I don't yeah. believe that. Yeah, I agree. I think the only way you can get the live spectators is if you have a universal vaccine. Otherwise, the slow process yeah. of getting life back from normal. Might, and the thing, and the thing about a vaccine is, uh -huh. this is an an RDA an RDA virus. It's not an, an a DNA virus. So an RDA virus will mutate. You know, it, it you know you need a flu you need a flu shot every year because the the flu the influenza is also an RDA virus. You know, so you need a flu shot, a new flu shot every year if you're the kind of person that gets the flu shot. I've never had a flu shot, but if you're the kind of person that gets a flu shot, you need a new one every year because the virus will mutate. So this kind of, COVID also mutates. So you know it's a it's a situation where you're going to need what a new vaccine every year, the same thing. How, how is it going to work? You know, like and is it going to be mandatory? Because the flu vaccine is not mandatory. Is right. the COVID vaccine going to become mandatory every single year? Is it because this thing mutates every single year? Because a mutating virus is hard to just shut down. You know. 
and, and it attacks your immune system, sort of like it's, it's, it's an HIV, like, like a cousin of HIV, and then and the fact that it attacks your immune system too. But you know how you mentioned like doing sporting events where there's no one there? Um, yeah. What are your thoughts on like Dana White wanting to hold UFC fights on this um, island, this fight island? Uh, uh, I think Dana White is full of shit, but I think he's smart in the way that he says, he says dumb shit like this. Cause he knows people are dumb enough to believe him. I don't think he's, you can't put a fucking, uh, uh, can I curse? Am I allowed to curse on this? Yeah. It's the Schmitzer podcast. Yeah. Say what you want, yeah. yeah. You can't, you can't, you can't put a sporting event on an Island. Like anybody who believe that is a, is a retard. Like how do you, how do you put a sporting event on an Island? You, you have to have a hotel to house fighters and, and the house, the TV crew. You have to have like, the commission there, you have to, there's so much involved. You don't just, it's not just like an arena and you just, let's go to the arena, let's fight. Like you could do that at the park if that's the case. I don't understand. Like you can't, to hold, the, to hold an event, you can't just have an island. You, you need a hotel on that island. You need an arena on that island. You need. Well, apparently he's building all the infrastructure. That's what the, this whole month is about. They've been building infrastructure to house people, to, to, to build the set and, or whatever kind of materials they need. It's, he's talked about building that infrastructure, apparently. They, they, Dana lies, like, I don't know. If, realistically, how often do you think Dana lies probably like 80% of the time, right? How often do you tell the truth? Maybe 20%, 15 20% of the time? He lies probably most of the time this comes out of his mouth. But it's, it's a strategic lie. Granted, I guess every lie is strategic because he wouldn't be lying if he wouldn't be strategic. But, but he's a very strategic liar um, because he knows people will talk about what he's saying. I find that very, very hard to believe, even to put the infrastructure together and to, to, to find the island, to put the infrastructure infrastructure together to – somebody still has to own that island. I mean, okay, granted, okay. What did you're, some conspiracy theories think it's Epstein's former island. What? Yeah, who, who knows? Maybe, maybe, it's where, maybe, it's where, maybe it's where Epstein was taking all the girls. Who knows? That's what you know, I'm saying. That's the conspiracy yeah. theory. I've read that somewhere. Yeah, I mean, this is all going to create a bunch of rumors because I don't think it, there's any fact behind it. So it's going to it's going to instead take on a life of its own where, you know, somebody somebody who's a bullshit artist puts out something and then the other bullshit artists that listen to him sort of like add their own little spin on it. And before you know it, you have this entire story that's spawned out of control, but it's a story and people are talking about it. So Dan, I think Dana's really good at it. But UFC 249 was going to take place at Tachi Palace. Where's Tachi Palace? California. Oh, but then mid, it didn't. Mid to Northern California, more inland. It's um, Indian, Indian property. Casino. Yeah. Indian casino. But 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 then it didn't. But then it didn't. But then it didn't because, didn't. because yeah. Governor Newsom yeah. reached out to executives of Disney. The executives of Disney, which own ESPN, told Dana White to back down, and he did. Yeah, yeah. I think. Uh, I think, like I said, I, I just think these things are harder to put together than, than I realize. But I think even for MMA and UFC and all that stuff, the same thing applies that I said before. I mean, eventually, I think if you can get a TV crew, you can do it in an empty arena, you know, and then, you know, where everybody can safely social distance with the exception of the people inside the ring or the cage, you know. Yeah. Um, they, they, have no, they have no choice but to get close distance, you know. But um, everybody else, you know, you're – you know, the, the, but aside from the performers, everybody can be socially distanced and, and um, you know, you can have sports on TV. You just won't get the atmosphere. And is that what you suggest for boxing as well? On how they... Sa Sa 
Sadly, yeah. I mean, I think that's the only way you can safely do this uh, in, in for, for the time being. I, um, I don't until until you have a, a solution. If you ever have a solution for this, I don't. I don't think you can. I really don't think you can uh, go back to the way it was. I don't. I don't. I don't see how, how that's possible. Mm-hmm. I mean, especially in boxing, where everybody's old. You know, all the reporters and all the TV guys in boxing are old. <laughs> they'll all they'll all be gone. You know, so so you'll you know you kind of have to kind of play safe. You know, I don't know. Yeah. I think it's. I, I think know, it's crazy. I know you said you haven't really followed you know much like boxing news or anything, but I did read about like two weeks ago on BJ Penn that Artem said before the COVID-19 stuff all happened that a boxing promoter reached out to him to have a boxing match against you. Um, so I wanted to see, you know, like what your thoughts were about that and if any boxing promoter reached out to you about that fight. Yeah, a boxing promoter reached out to me in December about uh, possibly doing a, a boxing match with Artem Wallbuff, um regular boxing match. So... And I said, yeah. I mean, if you if you know how to do it, and if you have the money, sure. I mean, I'll I'll, I'll hear you out. And they had they had they gave me this extravagant plan about the fact they were going to do it somewhere, uh, somewhere pretty cool. It was actually going to be not in the United States, and it was going to be uh you know all set up and whatnot. It all sounded really good, but usually uh you know doing saying it and doing it is different. I can tell you, I'm going to go to the moon tomorrow. Doesn't mean I actually going to the moon, you know. Uh, so I said, uh, I said, okay, yeah, this. Uh, when you, I'm not gonna. I, I told him I'm not even gonna tell my team. I said I'm, I'm not gonna even bring this up to my team until until I have some some uh, uh, structured uh, and and organized offer first to where I can take back to my team and say let's discuss this. Uh, so yeah. So let, let when you put that together, shoot me an email and uh, and I'll and I'll uh, forward it over to my managers and to my uh, lawyer and whatnot, and we'll and we'll, uh, we'll get to, we'll get cracking and try to start talking about it. Um, I, with a half, probably half of me realized that would, that email was never going to happen anyway, and it did not. So I, I, I don't, I don't think this was ever a serious thing. Yeah. But I, I get offers like this all the time. You know, people call me like they want, they want to stage fights. They have these extravagant plans. That's like, I mean, I could call everybody too. I, I could call you and tell you, you know, we're going to put Floyd Mayweather versus McGregor two on, and we're going to put it in Canada, and we're going to put it in like, you know, some kind of. Uh, big arena whatnot you know it doesn't mean anything you know anybody can say that i think it was just one of those situations like that i get a lot of those situations so i don't really take a lot of them seriously and it wasn't like a well-known boxing promoter obviously just like a random guy basically exactly somebody who said he could uh get money people to pay and he had investors and whatnot you know just typical stuff i like i said i've had i've had several of these kind of offers i've i even had one guy offer me to fight Clarissa Shields. Can you imagine that? Uh, in a boxing match, yeah. Uh, I'm retired and I'm an ex-champion and she's uh, in her prime and she's uh, physically bigger than me, so it would make it even. It was just so weird. It was, again, I, I, I've, I've got different situations where I get weird things that I don't even take seriously, you know, but I'm just letting you know, like, one or two of them just off the top of my head because I, I get these weird offers all the time. That I, they're not to be taken serious. This is just, this is par for the course. In, in, in a sport like this, you get you get you get real ones and you get wannabes, and you just have to kind of just laugh it off. We appreciate you hopping on the schmo zone and all your time. I I do do want to get your opinion on this. If life can get back to normal, if boxing can resume, 
do you think it might be best to just get all the politics and kind of put them off to the side and get some of the best fights to actually happen, like in the welterweight division, instead of just making Bud Crawford, Terrence Crawford sit on the sidelines for all the PBC guys to fight it out, the Danny Garcias, the Keith Thurmans, the Manny Pacquiao's, the Sean Porters, the Errol Spences, all duking out inside that one promotion. Do you think it'd be best for boxing to just get the best fighters to fight each other and, you know, put the egos aside so the sport can move on? Or what's your take on everything of that side? Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I think it would be great. You know, I think, uh, I think it would be, um, I think it would be, you know, top notch if everybody would do that. I think at this point, especially with, there going to be some limitations on, on the, on the way you can run the business. I think the maybe the best case scenario is in fact that, that, you know, forget about the politics and start doing these cross, cross promotional fights. You know, I think that's your best case scenario, but you know, we'll see, we'll see if they can make it happen. And last question from me, just you brought up, you know, the Clarissa Shields thing. And I know she and Leila Ali were going back and forth for a while on social media. So I kind of wanted to get your thoughts on, you know, just them. Um, yeah, listen, it's, it's something that's, it's, it's great for the rumor mill. Um, I don't think, I don't think it's a, it's that great of a fight at this point anymore anyway. Um, I, I do think Layla was pretty good in her prime. Um, I, I, I think she avoided certain risks, though, uh, knowing that she had the Ali name and she could probably still get paid regardless of who she fought. Um, I think Clarissa, on the other hand, kind of legitimately feels like she's the best and there's nobody she's not willing to fight. I think Clarissa has shown that. You know, whether, And that's regardless of, of what you think about them personally. Because, yes, I understand Layla is more refined. Layla understands how to talk to the media in a better way. She's, she's more of a crossover kind of person you, you put in front of cameras and reporters, and she knows how to speak her way through things, you know? While Clarissa is, is, is a bit more street, is a bit more, uh, uh, more, more hoodish. Um, but Clarissa, at the bottom, at the end of the day, can fight. You know, she can fight, and she wants to fight. And Clarissa... I don't think ever you'll find a girl that Clarissa is not willing to fight. I don't think there's a girl on this planet that Clarissa is not willing to fight. You know what? While on the other hand, Layla kind of, even in her prime, where I thought she was a pretty good fighter, there were still people that Layla clearly did not want to fight and clearly avoided. So, so that's, that's for the, just the genuine talk. Then the other side of it is it's two different generations. So it doesn't matter. You know, I, it's like, it's like saying would Floyd Mayweather fight Sugar Ray Leonard, you know I mean? You know, it's, the, the one is kind of too old for the other one anyway, you know. So, so you, 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 no matter how great the fight sounds in its prime, it's not in its prime and, and aging does count. So I, I think for those reasons, it's, it's, a, it's great for the rumor mill, but I don't, I, don't think it's, I don't think it's really all that of a fight. No, I appreciate your time. Just a fun thing I'm going to throw out. If the Schmo can ever do a charity boxing match with Ariel Hawani, I want Paulie Malinaji in his corner. The schmoes. All right. Let's do it. Let's do it. He's been training. Training for what? You've been, bro, working, you're, you're, been working out. Bro, you look like training. Schmo, you're in better shape than me, dude. I can tell right now. <laughs> so, I, know you're, I know you're training. <laughs> uh, well, what the hell else am I going to do during this quarantine? Eat popcorn? I know. That's what I do, unfortunately. I'm, I got, I'm, I'm so trained out that I'm sick of training or anything. <laughs> I just watch movies and eat snacks. <laughs> well hey uh hopefully this this thing could end relatively soon and uh we look forward to seeing you in uh in person again yeah very soon absolutely because i need a shave so i hopefully this thing does end
and he needs to grow a few more strands. I wish I could give you the speed of my hair it's to grow on your face so you could understand the, 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 the problems that you actually don't have. Don't I'll get to it. Don't, I, I'm in yeah. my 30s now, Paulie, and I still can't grow a mustache. It's <laughs> the worst. You, you're not blessed, you are. <laughs> yeah, well, hey, I'll take it. Well, I appreciate right. your time, Paulie. Yeah, take you care. So much. Be it's safe. always great catching you. All right. I'll catch you later. All right. Be careful. Later. So, the schmo, I'm curious to know how do you go from that guy, David, to this guy? Very carefully, Helen. Some things you just can't teach. Some people are born with art, and some people acquire it throughout time. You'll never know which one that schmo guy is. I say it's talent. We appreciate that. Thank you. You, you know, look good today, by the way. Well, thank you. I'm blushing. But I do appreciate you coming on this podcast to co-host with me. You're welcome back anytime. Well. What took so long? There's been 10 of these podcasts and the schmo didn't get any opportunity to start or end these puppies. So it's about time. Plus, we're in quarantine and we are less than a week away from Michael Jeffrey Jordan, baby. Yeah, we're we're all excited for that review. The Jordan review. Yes, and we're also excited to get back in the flesh with Paulie Malinaji, the schmo and the pro, when all this stuff ends, of course. Indeed. Yes. Final thoughts for episode 11, Helen? Well, once again, as always, I appreciate your continued support. We appreciate your continued support. I don't think it would be right for me to do the sign-off with you here, so I'm going to let you take this one away. She's the pro, I'm the schmo, we're out.